Hello, and welcome to the latest Lancet Respiratory Medicine podcast. I'm Patricia Lobo, and today we are discussing two reviews on pulmonary hypertension and its treatment, published on March 11, 2016. I'm joined by the lead author, Marius Hoper. Welcome, Marius. Can you give us your title, name, and affiliation, please? My name is Marius Hopper. I'm a senior physician here at Hannover Medical School in Hannover, Germany, working in the Department of Respiratory Medicine, and I'm in charge of the pulmonary hypertension program here in Hannover. This duet of papers discusses pulmonary hypertension. Can you tell us briefly what this umbrella term encompasses? Well, firstly, the term pulmonary hypertension does not describe a disease, but simply a hemodynamic condition. So pulmonary hypertension is present whenever the mean pulmonary artery pressure is 25 millimeters of mercury or higher. This is assessed during right heart catheterization. Based on the current pathophysiological, clinical, and therapeutic considerations, we divide pulmonary hypertension into five different groups. And group number one is pulmonary arterial hypertension, which is basically a disease of the pulmonary vessels. And we see idiopathic forms and so-called associated forms in various diseases such as connective tissue disease, liver disease, HIV infection, or congenital heart disease. Group number two is pulmonary hypertension due to various left heart diseases. Group number three, pulmonary hypertension due to lung disease or hypoxia. Group number four is chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension. And group number five is a bit of the rest, so miscellaneous forms that cannot be really classified into the first four groups. The various forms of pulmonary hypertension have different clinical presentations and also different therapeutic implications. But what all of the all forms of pulmonary hypertension have in common is that they are associated with debilitating symptoms and high mortality risk. What are the primary treatment options for the disease? Oh, this depends on the pulmonary hypertension group. Paradoxically, we have well-established treatment strategies for the less common forms of pulmonary hypertension, but not for the much more common ones. So for group number one, which is pulmonary arterial hypertension, we have several effective drugs, most importantly an acetone receptor antagonist, phosphodiesterase 5 inhibitors, and various process cycling analogs. For group number four, and this is chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, surgical pulmonary antarterectomy is and remains the preferred treatment because it's curative in the majority of cases. For inoperable patients or those with Persistent pulmonary hypertension after surgery, drug treatment with riosigoat, a soluble gonadotcyclase stimulator is an improved option, and also interventional balloon pulmonary angioplasty is another emergent treatment modality. However, for the much more common forms of pulmonary hypertension, that is pulmonary hypertension due to left heart disease or lung disease, we have not yet identified effective treatment strategies. This is a major problem as the development of pulmonary hypertension in these patients is associated with aggravated symptoms and often with a two to, to three-fold increase in mortality risk. And so far, the drugs that have been approved for pulmonary arterial hypertension have not proven efficacious in patients with pulmonary hypertension due to left-sided heart disease or lung disease. Why is pulmonary hypertension a growing issue in the developing world and who is at most at risk? It's not only a growing problem in the developing world. I mean, pulmonary hypertension is a growing problem in all areas of the world. As mentioned earlier, the most common forms of pulmonary hypertension, those associated with left heart disease and chronic lung disease. And it, these diseases are becoming more and more common in all parts of the world, certainly not at least due to the global increase in life expectancy. And hence,
hands. Left heart diseases and lung diseases are now the most common causes of pulmonary hypertension, not only in the developed world, but also in developing countries. In addition, there are some causes of pulmonary hypertension which are quite common in certain areas of the world. A good example is schistosomiasis, mostly in Brazil, in the Caribbean, HIV, especially in sub-Saharan Africa and parts of Asia, and also rheumatic heart disease and sickle cell disease, again, mostly in Africa and Asia. So what can be done to stem the increasing burden? I think the greatest impact can be expected from preventing or erasing the underlying conditions. Infectious diseases such as schistosomiasis, post-streptococcal rheumatic heart disease, and hopefully also AIDS will continue to decline, and so will the rate of the associated pulmonary hypertension forms. In, in addition, preventive measures, including or aiming at chronic lung diseases and chronic heart diseases, may also help reducing the prevalence of pulmonary hypertension. But this might be offset by an increasing life expectancy in almost all areas of the world. I think a good example here is diastolic heart failure, which is also referred to as heart failure with preserved ejection fraction, or briefly HFPEF, which is becoming the most common cardiac disease around the world. And HFPEF affects mainly elderly individuals above 65 years of age, and is probably not a single most common cause of pulmonary hypertension in most areas of the world. So for these reasons, we expect the prevalence of pulmonary hypertension to rise further. And it should be noted that even now, pulmonary hypertension is not a rare condition at all. It probably affects about 1% of adults all over the world and up to 10% of individuals older than 70. What is the next research priority for the field? Oh, well, um, despite the progress we've made over the past 20 years, especially in PAH, so pulmonary arterial hypertension and chronic thromboembolic pulmonary hypertension, we need more treatment options for all forms of pulmonary hypertension. Still, I believe that for the next decade or so, we should really focus on the most common forms of pulmonary hypertension, which are those associated with left heart disease and lung disease, for which we still have no treatment options at all. Thank you, Marius, and thank you all for listening. See you next time.